Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week, roughly, and we chew on God's Word with with each other and offer that to you, hopefully to uh, grow you in your faith, to encourage and challenge you. Uh, this week, we have Brett Gilchrist with us. Hello, Brett. Hey, Chris. Good to be with you. Glad to have you. So, I presented this idea to the team of pastors, and I thought, you know, we, we spent a lot of time... Um, chewing on this idea of how to make sure that that uh, things are accessible as possible to our people. We don't want people thinking the pastors are in ivory towers or we're using all these terms, this jargon that people don't understand. And that can, you know, for some, they push in and they go, oh, what does that mean? I want to find out. For others, they just get discouraged and they back out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, well, I don't want to look stupid. I'm just not going to touch this. Yep. We don't want that. Um, and even um, terms that we might just use not even thinking about it um, can be challenging if they're undefined. And so I presented a list to you and to the other pastors and said, hey, why don't we tackle these ideas, give the people the tools they need to better navigate these conversations and as they study. And you had the idea of uh, kind of going through it in a systematic way, similar to systematic theology. So I was hoping you could um, illustrate and explain to the listener what is theology? What? How do we systematize it, and and why is that practical? So maybe start with what is it? Sure. Well, technically, theology is the study of God, and um, systematic theology is a little bit different than biblical theology. Biblical theology would take um, a story from the Bible and uh, an account from the Bible, and you'd understand where it fits and sort of how it flows into what God is doing in humankind. And um, it's very helpful because we see, okay, that's how that fits and where it fits and the timing and those kinds of things. Systematic theology would take that same story maybe and put, put it into categories or into themes. And uh, historically, there's about 10 divisions of systematic theology, which I'll use the big words here in a second just so we understand what they are. And then uh, when I refer to a systematic theology, I'm often referring to an actual book, um, so there's been lots of them written, and they're all sort of outlined the same, and they go in a specific order, and they help us understand where where things fit. And also, if you have a, a question about a specific thing, you can turn to that chapter and read through the chapter on salvation and understand you know, in greater depth how man is saved from his sins. So they're really helpful for teachers and preachers, but I think the book themselves can be super helpful for a, a lay layperson at home. My first exposure was a friend gave me an old copy of a systematic theology written by a guy named Henry Thiessen. He's long since deceased. And it, as they go, it's a thin one. It's only 500 pages, <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually pretty easy reading. And I just started reading it. And then I taught it to a group of friends at the time, my campus crusade staff, actually. And for me, it was like, oh, man, this really puts pieces in place and helps me sort things out and understand the whole Bible better. So you okay with me just sort of running through? Yeah, let's let's let, give them a little peek into like, what are they getting themselves into when they look at systematic theology? Okay, so um, most all of them start with the study of the Bible. So bibliology would be the fancy term. And they start there because it's the Bible that reveals God to us. So if we want to know about God and man and salvation, we got to know about the Bible. So bibliology would answer some basic questions like, how did we get the Bible? How did God write the Bible? Uh, How do we know it's true and accurate? How is it 
transmitted to us and what we have today, what we're supposed to have. It, ask, it answers those kinds of questions. Then out of that would build uh, theology proper, which would be, okay, what do we know about God? So it'd talk about his character, his characteristics. You get the big words there, the, the omnis and the immutables and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And then you could go the next step, okay, what do we learn about Christ? That would be Christology, excuse me. Um, and, and then pneumatology, which would be the Holy Spirit. And then anthropology, the study of man. Martiology, which is a fancy word for sin. Um, soteriology, since we've sinned, how are we saved, which is salvation. Ecclesiology, which is the church. Eschatology, which is the study of end times. And then some include angelology and demonology, the study of angels and demons. So those would be the basic divisions of a systematic theology. Um, now, can I keep talking or do you? Go for yeah, it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, since we're going through Hebrews 11, it struck me that Noah might make a pretty good example. So when you read through Genesis, you run into Noah at the end of chapter 5. And he's, he's listed in the genealogy of Adam. And then in chapter 6, you learn that God sees Noah in the midst of this sinful situation and sees him as a righteous man. And then in chapter 7, he, he, uh, he informs Noah that we're, there's going to be a flood. I'm going, to, I'm going to destroy the earth. I want you to build an ark. I'm going to save your family and save the animals. And then you have the flood, the receding waters. Noah's on dry land. His family sacrifices to God. They become planters and farmers. And Noah's story sort of ends in a sad way. He's drunk on his own wine and shamed by his own sons. And that's how it ends. So in a biblical theology, you go, okay, that's early in the scriptures. It's God is revealing himself as a righteous God for sure. He's destroying mankind. He's saving Noah. We see a picture of a coming Messiah. You see sort of how it fits into the big picture. Um, a systematic theology would say, okay, the story of Noah fits in a number of different places. Uh, it, would, it would begin by saying, okay, we learn, a, we learn a great deal about God. We see that he's patient, but only for so long. He's had enough of these guys, you know, and he wants to deal with sin. We see his righteousness. We see his wrath. We see his grace. We see him merciful to Noah. So you, you learn about God. And so if you looked up theology proper and looked at the characteristics of God, odds are pretty good. Some of those characteristics I just named would be tied to the story of Noah. And they'd say, as, as in Genesis 6, this is what you see. I won't go through them all, but you'd also see Christology because somebody's talking to Noah. God is talking to Noah. It doesn't say who and it could be Jesus in his pre-incarnate form. Maybe not, but that would be an example that could be used. Um, you see harmatology for sure, harmartiology, because you see the sinful nature of man in all of its fullness there. And then you'd see soteriology in the sense that God chose Noah, provided a way of salvation, saw that salvation to completion. Noah exercised faith. He exercised obedience. All that comes together, and it's a beautiful picture of God's salvation. So those would just be some examples of how you would find the Noah story in a systematic theology and how it's, it's categorized under different themes. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you different lenses to appreciate all those finer details and see how are these things connected. 
Um, you know, I think if if you read, you know, just one example of prayer in the Bible, um, it, it would serve you to go search that out and find out, okay, how does prayer, uh, how does that relate to God and how does God interact in our prayers and, and what do these things do? So there's almost this... Um, this growing depth that comes when you pick up something like a systematic theology with your Bible in hand. Yep. And I think it, it can really broaden your exposure to different concepts in the scriptures. And for me, I, I might be focused on one area and I'll, I'll take a look in my systematic theology and I'll go, Oh yeah, here's some other aspects I hadn't thought about and they can help in my own personal study, my own private you know, thought life or in the sermon I prepare. So, yeah, absolutely. And then all of this just sort of finish the loop here. All of this is then put into books. Most of them are very thick and um, every pastor should have a number of them on his shelf that he can pose in front of for pictures, <laughs> <laughs> but they are actually one of the more useful books in a Christian's library. And so right now I, I mentioned the first one, uh, Henry Thiessen's, Probably the most popular one these days is one by Wayne Grudem, and uh, it's about 1,500 pages divided into roughly the sections I just walked through. Uh, it's pretty easy to read, quite frankly. Um, he's a good writer, and he brings information down to a level that you can understand. And the other one I probably reference more is by Norman Geisler. It's uh, a, a little more technical, but um, I like his writing and I like his, I like his systematic theology really well. Now, a good systematic theology, which all three of those I just named are, will give you um, their viewpoint and they'll also give counter viewpoints on things. So, for instance, Grudem and um, Geisler would probably take a differing view on the promises made to the nation of Israel. And so, and they would acknowledge that and they'd say, here's my stance and here's the other stance. And I like that because you, you get to see, okay, here's, here's uh, some examples of that. And then you can reach your own conclusion based on how well they supported their position biblically. Um, maybe a better example would be between those two would be um, the continuation of, of the sign gifts and their relationship to the church. You'd probably find this in ecclesiology or in pneumatology. So one would have the opinion that the sign gifts are continued today. The other would say, no, they're not. They'd give you both their arguments. They'd respect one another and allow you to reach a conclusion based on their biblical understanding. Yeah. I find that that's especially useful because it conditions us not to be afraid of opposing viewpoints. Sure. Um, and also not demonize, you know, pe brothers and sisters who are in, in Christ with different views and make a really educated decision and say, yeah, there's some wiggle room on this. I get that. We're both brothers, but here's why I believe what I believe. Yeah. So when you came and said, Hey, here's a, here's a list of terms that I think would be worth defining. I completely agree. I think they're, it'll be really helpful for us to understand what those terms are, but often the, the, the way to, the best way to define them is to say here's what they mean and here's how they fit in a systematic viewpoint because um, it it takes all the scriptures from the Bible that relate to that one term and sticks it all in one category and helps I think round it out and helps you understand it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have, um, we actually have Grudem's, we have a, a smaller version of a mm-hmm. systematic theology in the library to pick up on Sunday morning. Um, we also have lots of books here on our shelves here at the office. Yep. So if you wanted to stop by and get one, um, what would you encourage somebody who's starting this journey for the first time to do, or maybe to think about as they, as they take the first steps? So there's a ton of good tools online. I was thinking about this today. I'm still sort of a book guy, and if you if you don't have a concordance or don't know how to use a concordance, I would start there. So concordance is it basically just lists all the words used in the Bible and lists every time they're used. So if you wanted to do a study on love, you'd look in a concordance and you'd see every time love is used from Genesis to Revelation, and you could pick some of those and begin to study them and fit them together. Um, a systematic theology is helpful in that you can then move from that study on love to find it as a character of God. You can see how it's a shared character between God and man. Um, you can see how love is demonstrated in salvation. You, you, you begin, it, it broadens things out. And so I think to have both of those on your shelf or at least access to a concordance via the internet um, is valuable. And I think the thick, the, the, size of a of a systematic theology and probably the titles will tend to scare you off don't let it um they're easy to, they're not hard to read honestly and i think you'll find them fairly interesting so i would invest in one they're not cheap they're probably 50 bucks or better but uh it'd be a good investment for the student that really does want to understand his bible or her bible better and 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 know where things fit and why they fit there yeah and one thing i i have said in talking about theology specifically is that as our theology deepens, our worship likewise should also deepen. And so, you know what, this isn't, um, I think we'd both agree a pure, purely intellectual exercise. It isn't, we don't read these books to feel good. We don't read these. You know, oftentimes it's right. usually the other, <laughs> right. we read a book and we feel <laughs> worse. Um, but they're meant to glorify God and to serve the body. Yeah. And I think, I think though that when you read deep and heavy things that that outline and or highlight your sin and your need for a savior, and then you get to the chapter that says, "And this is how you're saved," you go, "Oh man, I'm really thankful for this, for my salvation because I see more clearly my sin." And a systematic theology sort of does that. It 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 leaves you a little depressed on the nature of man, but then encourages you greatly on the salvation of God, you know, and it and it does it in a deep way. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hopefully this has been a really useful introduction uh, to some of these terms that, you know, $5 words for sure, um, but don't have to be scary. So um, I'm excited to see how we explore this further and kind of put tools in, in our congregation's hands. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Brett. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.